When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, January 26th, or as I like to call the day that Jurgen Klopp decided to leave Liverpool, which uh, will go down in infamy. It will also go down in infamy when he wins four more trophies this year on his way out the door. Seven game slate ahead of us to close out the work week. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. By the way, I'm Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Matt Bellman. We're brought to you by Sleeper. What's going on, man? Good morning. Sorry to you, man. I can't share in your sulking just because I'm just not a soccer guy, but I feel for you. Uh, I like the comp you gave. So uh, probably a stunning morning for you over there. Yeah. On another note, doing the show last night with you, then like waiting for the Laker news, then pretty much going to sleep right after that. Now doing the show with you here. I know you've already done the process show and stuff, but feels like just a continuum of NBA. That is how my life, Monday through Friday, that is how my life operates. I don't stop talking about it. I get slates confused. They all blend together. I never know when anybody's playing. I never remember how anybody played. It's Mm -hmm. all just, uh, it, it just never stops. John P., I will remove you from this chat permanently if you keep this up. I am in no mood. Yes, I need a number for a wambulance. There's a lot of wants coming on here. This, this is this is big. It's like imagine if like imagine if Bill Belichick were the most likable guy on the planet. <laughs> like it's the exact opposite of that. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. How much Harrison Barnes did you have last night? None. I mean, yeah. <laughs> although I saw that that tweet that I don't think we were tagged in it, but someone who was watching our shows and stuff ended up swapping to him in the in the two hundred three entry max. Nice. Came in second with snowflakes all over the board. It was one of those nights. Yeah, it was it was disgusting. I thought my fade of Joel Embiid would have paid me off a little bit more yesterday, but it did not. I only had four percent of Embiid. He was obviously very not necessary. Um, but that was know. frustrating yeah. because Embiid played the entire third quarter, even though it was a blowout. And then Maxi just never came back in. I know. And I needed Miles Turner to come back in, who I had a pretty big stand on and played amazing mm-hmm. for the first 26 minutes. Didn't expect Indy to just 
whoop their ass, but they certainly did. And now we're here today, seven game slate. You ready to break it down? Let's get it. Started off. The Dallas Mavericks are two point favorites in Atlanta, 243 total. Now we have some ambiguity for this one. We don't know the status yet of Kyrie Irving. He is questionable. No Dwight Powell. Maxi Kleba is probable. And on the opposite side, we don't know the status of Trey Young or Wes Matthews or Clint Capella. They're all questionable. Now, for the Trey one, it's basically just as long as he's out of the concussion protocol, he plays. There's no like game time decision nature to this. We'll know. And it's a seven o'clock start. So we're going to know all of this info. We do have 27% ownership coming into Luka. He's basically neutral in leverage. He's also 24% optimal. There's no other love coming into Dallas. 6% to Kyrie at this moment. How are you feeling about Luka here against Atlanta, letting them know, hey, guys, maybe you should have just tried to have me instead of Trey Young? I, I think Atlanta already knows. But, yes, that is a uh, a nice, I guess, feather in his cap here. What's not to like about Luka? I mean, the only things not to like are his price tag and the other players around him, which you won't be able to roster if you play Luka. Other than that, he looks amazing, especially if Kyrie's out. Not sure yeah. what, what's going to happen with him, but it's like – Luca's a really good play if Kyrie's in. He becomes a great to almost lock if he's out. Yeah, I've got 35% right now, so I'm a little bit over the field. I'm happy to get there. And I don't mind Kyrie at 9K in this spot against Atlanta if he's in. Atlanta is not all that difficult from a defensive standpoint. I'm actually getting to a little bit of Maxi Kleber here. He's 3,300 power forward center eligible. Um, we have him. He's 5% owned. I have 14. I see him as a potential value option. For this slate, you know, they're, they're going to slowly but surely ramp his minutes up a little bit more. They're going to want him to play as much as he can once he gets to the playoffs. And by as much as he can, I mean, like, I don't know, 26 minutes for him before he just breaks into dust. Uh, so uh, that's the only other guy that I would have to point out from Dallas is just that I am getting a little bit of maxi. I wouldn't mind if I were getting more of Dallas just because they're in a really good spot yeah. in Atlanta. The problem is they just don't really have anyone else that stands out and their price tags are. Pretty fair. So like you, I was looking at Kleba, looking a little bit at Grant Williams. Don't want to go there, but they're both really cheap. Yeah, like Lively is fine if he's the last guy sure. in and you're playing a bunch of lineups because, you know, like he's it's his role. He's the center. Like he could play into a couple extra minutes if he needs them. But yeah, I think it's just kind of get yourself a bunch of Luka because he looks awesome. Mm-hmm. On the Atlanta side, assuming everybody is in, I've got a couple interesting things here. So the highest owned guy on the Hawks right now is 20% ownership coming into Sadiq Bay. Uh, the optimal rate, however, not as big of a fan, uh, half of that number. I am getting to Sadiq Bay. I do think he looks great, but I'm getting to a lot of Atlanta. Trey Young is only 3% owned. I think if he's in, he looks really interesting. We have him as a positive leverage play. I have 18%. Uh, I'm getting to a bit of Jalen Johnson as a sort of pay up a little bit more to be contrarian option. I don't mind Clint Capella, but the guy that I'm most interested in is Onyeka Kongwu at 4,600 power forward center. They do play like one or two minutes alongside of each other. So there is a little bit of a minutes upside. He's been playing like 25 minutes a night. I like that price tag for him. He hasn't been good lately. 0.83 fantasy points per minute over the past 30 days, but he's normally like a 0.95 to a fantasy point per minute, dude. I think if you're projecting him like he normally is, that 4,600 power forward option becomes something I want to get to a little bit. Yeah, same. This is crazy, but he looks like Luca to me in that I like him a lot right now. He's a really, really strong play, good play. If Capella's out, he becomes the best play on the slate. 
Yeah, then everybody has him. <laughs> right, which sucks, but then, like, you can't get away from him. It's, and, like, I do I think I'm a little high on him? Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, we saw 25 minutes last time out, 29 the game before that. Both of those games have Clint Capella in it. Capella played 25 and 22. Then they were in what I assume was some sort of weird blowout. I, I don't have the box score in front of me, but they, they didn't even play all, like, Someone else played the final couple minutes at center. He played 26 the game before that, 27 the game before that. So four out of his last five games, he's played at least 25 minutes. And the only one that he didn't, like no one got a lot of playing time, you know, other than Murray and Jalen Johnson, everybody was below 30. So I have him in for 25 minutes because that seems to be the new sort of standard, especially if he's going to be able to play two minutes alongside Capella. You take him from like the 23 center minutes to a 25 at power forward too. So I'm going to have my eye on him. I want Capella to play just so I can continue to play a Kongwu over the field. Yeah, I get that. Because the other thing about that is like, if he were only center, not sure how much I would want to play him if Oka- if Capella was in. I'd get all your points, but I just like him a lot more with that forward eligibility. Absolutely. And I don't mind getting to Capella. Like there's always minutes upside for him as well. 8% owned, 5,600. Good, good enough spot here against Dallas. Um, what do you want to do here with Sadiq Bay? I don't really understand the ownership considering everyone's projected in. Like, I get it. He's cheap. He's coming off a good game, his first good game in like a while, it seems. Yeah. I'm fine with it, but someone like this getting double the ownership as, as you know, we say he should be considering his optimal percentage. I don't think you're wrong if you play him. I just think there's plenty of other guys in his price range I'd rather play. I I think it's just a price thing. Like if you go back 30 days, December 29th, like Jalen Johnson's back at that point. Sadiq Bay was 6,100. He is now 5,100. Now, wherever we think that price is is landing, that is still a $1,000 reduction to a point where people were still playing Sadiq Bay. Now, the minutes are down a hair as of late, but we're still talking like 32, 33, somewhere in that neighborhood. I think it's just a price tag, the function of a seven-game slate, the fact that it's the morning that uh, he has an MPE. I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up looking like he's like 12 or 13% owned by the end of the day once we start to get different value. I, I kind of understand why we're getting to him in the morning. Yeah, he's similar to me, like the other guys, like Dennis Schroeder in his price range. Like, they're just a little bit too cheap for what you expect from them on a median outcome basis. Yep, I completely agree. Like Schroeder, I think, sticks around for ownership just because of quickly being out. I yeah. expect Sadiq Bey to come down a little bit. I think he's a sol- like he's certainly a solid play. He's going to be a, a good per minute dude no matter what today. But he won't look like the same sort of priority later on. Well, he either won't be look, look like the same priority or he'll look even better if Trey is out. Also very true. And we'll figure that out later. I assume he's going to play just sort of like once you're Same. once you feel like it's going to happen. But, you know, he wakes up with a headache or something today and it's just they're going to be he's just not going to get cleared like this has very little to do with Atlanta at this point. Mm-hmm. Anything else for the Hawks? Not really. They're priced up now for Trey to be out. So if Trey's out, you know, they all become more in play. But if he's in, I think we pretty much hit it all schedule for the rest of the day you can have it after you hit the like button but nfl strategy show not coming up next normally you would get that at 11 we had to bump it a little bit so the nfl strategy show will be at 1 p.m so you're going to get it in the afternoon nba deeper dive i'll be back for that bad boy 
Matt, you're going to be back for NBA Live Before Lock tonight? I will. Bingo. So you know the status. Deeper Dive Live Before Lock. Two straight hours of coverage later tonight, taking you all the way up until lock. Also, I would like you guys to use our avatar. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Grab that logo. Use it on whatever site you're playing on. DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo. Because if you finish in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more entries, you get one month of whatever package you want at Stochastic. If that's NBA, you get projections, ownership, our boom bust tool. You get the Sims tool, the contest generator, the lineup generator, premium Discord. All of those things would be coming your way. And all you have to do is tweet your result at Stochastic HOF. Show us the lineup. Show us your contest. We want to promote you, and we want to give you a little something for having our avatar, and that's why you get that free month. So go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Click the link in the description or the one in chat if it pops up, and that's how you can get there. Come join us, folks. Uh, I see the puppy dog sitting up. <laughs> oh, yes, she is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. It's cute. Houston Rockets, five and a half point favorites in Charlotte, 223 total. Uh, nothing too crazy here. We are waiting on the Q tag for Jayshon Tate. Otherwise, everybody else is in for Houston that we're used to. On the Charlotte side, no Gordon Hayward, no Mark Williams, no Kyle Lowry. We have 30% ownership coming into Alperin Shangoon, who I think looks pretty good, although we have him pretty sizably negatively leveraged. Uh, and then we have around 10 to 15% ownership on Van Vliet. Jabari Smith, Jalen Green. Let's start with Shangun, though. I know it's big, big negative, um, big negative leverage, but this matchup against Charlotte with the way he's been playing, the minutes, I, I love Shangun here. I have 30%. It's really hard not to like Shangun here. I mean, I feel like this is just rinse and repeat from a couple days ago. We talked about him against Portland, except he looks probably yeah. even a little better here. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if Jabari Smith is out again, probably like him a little bit more. The thing about him right now is like, he's not even, he's just doing everything. So he is like a fantasy dream right now. Not that that like matters from a actionable standpoint, but don't really care about the negative leverage. Plenty of ways to be different. Give me all the Sengun I can get. Yep. I feel the same way. The other guy that I want the most of, um, we have negatively leveraged in a pretty big way. We also only have a minute, 28 minutes, which is interesting. Jalen Green, uh, 16% owned. I have 25 right now. He had a big night last time out, if I remember correctly. Played uh, 39 minutes. Now, they did go to OT, but even if you want to call that 34. His minutes are just weird. Like He kind of sits in that 30 range, could lose one or two, could gain one or two. Maybe the Tate news has a little bit to do with it. but I'm looking at Jalen Green, and I have a little bit of interest in him. He's a fantasy point per minute guy. Uh, you know, if the shot's falling and against Charlotte, it's pretty easy to make the shot fall. Dead last in defense. This is such a good spot for Houston. Any Van Vliet, any Jabari Smith, any Dylan Brooks? Just I'm kind of yeah. cool with, like, any starter, really. So same. It's like, it's the exact same as we talked about a couple days ago. I love Van Vliet here. I think he's too cheap at 7,700. Will be a lot easier for me to get to him if Kyrie is in. Absolutely. And then if Tate ends up out, I'm not sure the impact is massive. You probably get to like a little bit more Jeff Green value as an option. And then probably not squeezing too much out of like Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Aaron Holiday, none of that stuff. Oh, that was a huge letdown for me. So yeah, no Amon Thompson for me tonight. Yeah. 
On the Charlotte side, we don't have a ton of ownership coming in here. 15% to Brandon Miller, 15% to Cody Martin, around 10 to Miles Bridges, uh, only 2% to LaMelo, who I don't see popping off the screen the same way that, I, you know, positive leverage for sure, but a uh, difficult matchup against Houston. Are you trying to get to anything here from Charlotte? Are you feeling Brandon Miller now in this new role with no Terry Rozier? He looks intriguing, I guess. Probably the most intriguing out of anyone on Charlotte. Charlotte looks exactly like they did two games ago when they're facing Minnesota, not their last game when they were facing Detroit. Really, really hard to get to Charlotte here. S- slower pace for them. Could always make cases for a Lamelo ball, but there's a reason, like you said, our tools are really low on this team. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get to any of the Cody Martin, um, which I'm okay with. Uh, I don't really have any Brandon Miller either. Now, I wouldn't mind getting there. If he's going to be increasing that usage with no Rozier, I don't mind it since he's shooting guard, small forward. I do have 4% of LaMelo. I'll take that over the 2% that he has owned. Only guy that I'm getting here is Bridges, and I'm right around the field. Uh, I have 14%. We're projecting 10. You know, he's still got that power forward eligibility, which helps. I would prefer him to lose the center eligibility, which is not something that I'm expecting to use all that frequently. I don't don't think I'm going to be locking in center miles bridges for a seven o'clock game all that frequently but if i'm getting anywhere i think it's probably bridges and then any flyers i could take on Lamelo, i'm gonna be pretty happy about well i'm embarrassed because i played bridges at center the other night did you really i did it just happened to work out what, that way he was what, what time was the game i think it was seven it was the detroit game it was okay. like the only now again i it was just happened to be how my lineup worked out. He was the only center in my lineup at the time. News came That'll out. Wish, yeah. wish I didn't have that, but it is what it is. Um, Alrighty. So yeah, um, <laughs> probably a poor choice on my part. Well, it doesn't have to be. It, dep- it depends what's in the rest of the lineup. But uh, as I look at the rest of today, whether you're getting to you know uh, Brook Lopez or you know Giannis into that center spot later on, uh, Jared Allen, Chet. Uh, anything from the Pelican side. Miles Turner is another seven o'clock center option. I think there's just a, enough center options out there that I'm probably getting bridges at power forward. The, that said, Same, if I go it, look at it now, I assume I just have them at center. It definitely was not intentional. It's just how it worked out. I was not going in being like, I need to play him at center. Just happened to work out. Can't imagine it would work out like that all that many, you know, many times throughout the course of the year. I don't even have center eligibility for that much longer. I'm surprised he has it now. I do have two Miles Bridges center lineups right now. I do indeed. But like, you know, he's in at center and then like Anyeko Okongwu is in one of them at the forward spot. I could obviously right. just flip-flop those two dudes. So it's more of a technicality than anything else. Well, uh, I think that other... was the slate like with Randall and Precious and all those guys. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a lot of other power forward options too. Mm-hmm. We go to Phoenix now, four and a half point favorites in Indiana, 243 total. We've got the perpetual Q tag on Eric Gordon at this moment. Indy is on a back-to-back, so we can talk about them in a second, but no injury report. 10% ownership coming into Kevin Durant is the high mark. Uh, Everybody else on the DraftKings side is single-digit optimal rate, single-digit ownership. As I look at it, like clearly Phoenix looks better because they get to face Indy, pace-up spot, bad defense. But even still, I, I just see these guys as like, GPP pivots, no real priorities. If it's going to be anybody, though, for me, it is going to be Kevin Durant. They're just still really expensive. Durant and Booker, you know, that's who I'm speaking of. Uh, when they're all healthy, it's going to be really hard to prioritize them. That said, it's 
the same old case, kind of like LaMelo, but they look even better that these guys are in play on any given slate. We just saw Booker go off against Dallas. It's intriguing against Indy. Durant looks good here. The usage is up. He didn't even shoot well last game. And still, he wasn't great from a DFS perspective, but he's filling up the box score right now, which you like to see from Kevin Durant. Um, Yeah, it's a really good spot for Phoenix. Philly didn't take advantage of it last night, but I'd be surprised if a couple guys from Phoenix aren't really good here. Yeah, I, I hope I get it. I have 6% right. to Durant, and I don't have a single share of anybody else from the Suns. But, like, it doesn't feel good not having Booker in this spot. It's just, just is what it is. I guess there are better options out there. This is one definitely for me, like, I could see getting to more Phoenix if Kyrie and um, Trey Young are both in. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, if we lose, if we start losing those guys, that that really starts to open up a Devin Booker. And vice versa, if they're in, then it makes it really, really difficult to, like, start getting to one of those guys over the others. Yes, but also, like, the the counter to that would be, like, if Trey is out, then Murray looks really, really good at 8,600. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's actually hard to get there. Yeah, it's really hard to prioritize Booker no matter what, but we both yeah. know he's got crazy upside. I mean, just guard in general. 10-1 for Shea, 9,800 for LaMelo, 9,500 for Donovan Mitchell, 9,400 for Trey, 9,300 for Booker, Kyrie at 9, Lillard at 89, and then you start dropping down to like Murray at 86 if Trey Young happens to be out. But that whole range is just guard after guard after guard of like you're not surprised at all if that guy goes for 35 real points and becomes the dude you need. Yeah, 100%. We go to the Indy side. They are pulling a little bit of ownership. Uh, 12% coming into Miles Turner, who looked great yesterday. I had a bunch. I'm going to do it again today, 2Xing the field. Pascal Siakam is at uh, 10% ownership. He ended up looking pretty good yesterday. Uh, Had a big number. 10% ownership to my boy Andrew Nemhard, which I'm over on. Only 3% coming into Benedict Matherin, who I have a little bit of love for as like a GPP flyer. What stands out to you from Indiana? Siakam, I mean, surprised he's not pulling more ownership. I mean, I get it, but he's still too cheap. I know he's a little more expensive than he was last night. That's fine with me. He's still too cheap. He stands out as one of the best. Like, he looks good to me. He looks like one of the best plays on the slate in my mind. I like getting to Indiana. I I tend to get them pretty regularly. I'm surprised I don't have Neesmith. He's a guy that I usually get a little bit more than the field. But, yeah, I've got... You know, three met I have Matherin, Nemhard, and Turner all in the like 15 to 20 percent range with scattered shares of Neesmith, of McConnell, of Pascal Siakam. Like, I'm happy to get to the Pacers here in this spot against Phoenix. Not like Phoenix's defense is all that terrifying. No, not even a little bit. Our tools don't love Indiana. I think I like them a little more than our tools, though. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see the optimal rate on Miles Turner be as low as it is. Um, maybe that creeps Same. up a little bit later. So I think he looks good today, especially Same. in this matchup. Anything else for the Pacers? Not really, but I wouldn't mind getting to a little bit of this game as a, as a whole. Yeah, I, I like it as a GBP option. I don't know how much I end up having, but it like the game script on the surface feels good. Mm-hmm. Sponsor for today, that would be Sleeper. Uh, They want you guys to hit the like button, so do that. Also, 
you should take advantage of their deposit bonus. Up to $500 on that first deposit. You really cannot beat that deal. It's really nice to start off a bankroll with a big influx from a deposit bonus. And this is the best one you can find in the Pick'em Streets. So if you're playing on Pick'em sites, I highly, highly recommend, if you haven't gotten there yet, to click the link in the description and sign up right now for Sleeper. You can 100x payouts. They have dynamic payouts. So you can get more than just even action on one of the props that you select. That is going to help you get all the way up to that upper echelon of major payouts. Now, minimum deposit is 20 bucks. Just want to let you know. They've got free squares constantly. You want to make sure you take advantage of those free squares. That will help keep your costs down. You're not going to get rich from free squares, but it is going to keep you from just losing constantly because you're going to just be able to pick up a couple extra wins, offset some of that rake. Again, the link in the description, sign up for Sleeper up to $500 on that first deposit. The LA Clippers, 7.30 start, seven and a half point favorites in Toronto, 234 total. Nothing to really worry about here for the Clippers. They're just healthy. Still no Avicis Zubats, but Emmanuel quickly out on the Toronto side. Uh, Yaka Pertle also still out. We've got 10% ownership coming into Harden, just shy of 10% coming into Kawhi, around 15 for Mason Plumlee. Very little love for Paul George. I'm getting to 24% Kawhi rolling back to Toronto, the site of his NBA title, but... At 7% ownership against Toronto, like I'm, I'm pretty happy with that number for Kawhi. And I certainly see Paul George as like a sneaky dude, but I don't know how big of a priority he would be. I don't look like Phoenix, um, just in the sense that I wouldn't mind if I got to any of their great players, but just hard to like make a huge stand on them. If I did, it would be Kawhi. 8,600 fair price. He looks a lot like Durant to me. Our tools have them really similar. Easier to get to Kawhi. He's a little bit cheaper. I like going back to Toronto, not playing him because of that, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah, our tools like Kawhi and Harden the most. I still do think Plumlee is one of the better value plays, though. Like, if I end up with Plumlee at 4,300, I'm totally fine with it. I have 15% right now, 4,300, 21 minutes. Could easily play like 26. That's the, the key piece for me here is like, there's certainly minutes upside. They've got enough room for it. Certainly minutes downside as well, but we have him as like a neutral usage option, 16% optimal, 16% ownership, excuse me. That all makes sense. But yeah, Kawhi is the stand I'm taking, and I'm more than okay with it. 8,600, he's just cheap. Yeah, he's just really affordable for not only his median outcome, but his upside as he showed last time out. On the Toronto side, this is where it starts to get a little weird because no quickly is big. But it's also not just no quickly. There's also no OG Ananobi and no Pascal Siakam. There's a, this is a team that we're not used to. And we're getting a lot of ownership here. Call it 10 to 15, call it 15% ownership on Bruce Brown, Gary Trent, and RJ Barrett. And then call it 20 to 25 on Dennis Schroeder, Scotty Barnes, and Thad Young. I'm going to throw it to you right now. Where do you like it the most for Toronto? And do you see any ownership that you don't like? It's crazy. I usually don't like picking on the Clippers, but Toronto looks like one of the best teams on the slate all over. Um, Mm -hmm. RJ Barrett looks rejuvenated in Toronto. He looks like a completely different player. A lot to like there, especially with no quickly. Schroeder, talked about him a little earlier. Really good value play. I don't see anything that I'm like, I can't get there. They're too owned. How about you? 
I don't love the Thad Young ownership, although he's 3,900, so I get it. Like, I don't have too much to add there. You know, he's been a 0.95 guy. I know why it's happening. I don't have any problems with it or anything like that. He's just like the one guy that I see as pretty easy to like not care about. But he he is a really nice value play for what he is. But, you know, 14% usage is not a light, not a lot to like write home about for what he's done. He's played 200 minutes this year, 0.94 DraftKings points per minute. Barnes looks really good to me. You know, increased usage, increased assist rate with no quickly. Schroeder's the guy I want the most, uh, 5,200, just stepping into more minutes. I assume he goes right back to a starting point guard role, just like he was before Emmanuel quickly got there. Barrett looks good. I like Gary Trent at 4,800, shooting guard only. We have him in for 29 minutes, 22 fantasy points. It's about where I'm at. We also have him 5% optimal, 11% owned. I'm kind of going the other direction, getting to a bit more Gary Trent. The guy that I'm not getting to as much is Bruce Brown. I wouldn't mind it, 5,400 guard forward eligibility. I just don't know what his role is going to be and how much they're going to, to use him and push him, whether or not they're trying to keep him or not. I have no idea. Like I, I don't know how they want to use him in general but i think you have to pay very close attention to toronto in particular like the main guys the schroeders the barretts the barnes schroeder looks really hard to get away from and i'll say this about thad young i know that you and adam would talk about this a lot thad young looks like a really good value play 3900 yeah but if he goes for 25 fantasy points you're happy with it until sangoon goes for 60 and Miles Turner goes for 45. So yeah, you got to be aware of that if nothing else. Yeah. He's the one guy I'm okay to get away from. Um, But perfect per minute, dude, like cash game play. Absolutely. GPP play. If he's pulling 24% ownership, I might not be there, but looks like a great play in our tools though. 26% optimal. Like he is, he's not even, he's positively leveraged at this moment. Mm -hmm. Orlando. And do you have anything else for Toronto? I, I think we kind of hit on all of it. No, they're all in play. It's just a It's almost, it's not quite like Utah last night because they're not that cheap, but it is similar in that, like, you'll want some Toronto exposure here. It's just a matter of who. The Orlando Magic are five point favorites in Memphis, 212 total. There's no ownership coming into this Orlando team right now. Um, like, what's the high mark here? Six percent to either Fultz or Wendell Carter Jr. We don't have any injury news. Like it's no Gary Harris, but he's been out. There don't appear to be any priorities. It's six percent ownership. Highest optimal rate is nine percent to Markel Fultz. Do you expect to get to Orlando here? Because this two twelve total is bleak. No, it's not even that they're not priorities. They look actively bad in this spot at their price tags. Healthy. That's not to say that Apollo Bancaro can't have a really good game, but. How do you prioritize him over Kawhi? You know, I just, I can't. I don't think he can. Like, I, I don't, I basically don't have anything here. A share of Fultz, a share of Suggs, but 8,300 Bankero is, that's just, there's just not enough scoring in this game to get to Orlando and feel good about it. Great. On the other hand, there's Memphis. Now, Luke Kennard appears to be back. Santi Aldama is questionable. That is a very important piece of this. 20% ownership coming into Jaron Jackson. Call it 15 for John Conchar, Luke Kennard, and Santi Aldama. The guy that I want most here, if this ownership holds, is Santi Aldama. 
assuming they go back to the starting lineup that they had two games ago when Aldama was in and Kennard was in, they both started, you know, you're getting Aldama's averaging like just shy of 28 minutes per game in his starts this season. You give him that at a fantasy point per minute. He's in half of my lineups right now, $5,100 power forward center. I think we see his ownership come up a little bit if we see him get ruled in and be the starter, but I want to get to a $7,700 Jaron Jackson who's just dominating usage for this team with nobody else around. I don't mind getting to Kennard, assuming he's just going right back in and playing 30 minutes. Do you see anything else for Memphis? Do you have any disagreements with those guys? No, Aldama looks really, really good. I do expect his ownership to increase once he's, you know, if he's ruled in, but I feel like that's just the nature of the beast talking about these guys this early in the morning when they're questionable. We just don't know. There's nothing we can do. They got a couple guys back, so the value doesn't stand out like it did the other night, but they're still shorthanded. So Aldama too cheap, presuming he's starting. I like Jaron Jackson. I think he's too cheap for his upside. I worry, though, kind of like my the Miami game, although everyone else seemed to be productive. Like They're just going to struggle offensively, especially against good yeah. defensive teams. So, like, our tools like Jaron Jackson more than I do right now, but I'll always trust the tools over like what I think, you know? I'm nervous about him just because it doesn't take like in this spot against, you know, a top five defense in Orlando, it starts to get a little scary. They could really cue into him, but he's got like a 36% usage rate or something like that. When all of those mean ball, when there's no Rose, there's no smart, there's no Morant, there's no Bain. So I think he's just going to have to look for his own. If he wants to keep this team in it, and I'm willing to take that shot. Everybody else is already like priced up. I don't really see yeah, the path to anybody else. I can't talk about like Siakam being too cheap and then not also say Jared Jackson's too cheap. I feel better about Siakam right now, but that doesn't mean anything. Like it just doesn't. That one's close for me. Just because of how big of a rate jump Jaron Jackson takes for this. It's close. I'm going to have them both uh, uh, is my expectation. And I'll be very, very happy with that. Yeah. Agreed. I'm very happy that there's not like a bunch of mess here for Memphis Q tags and like us running back Jacob Gilliard type stuff I, or Scotty Pippen. I don't need any of that in my life. No, definitely don't need that tonight. Um, always look at Gigi Jackson when guys are out, but not when guys get not when they're getting healthier, I should say. We move it on to Cleveland and Milwaukee. Definitely haven't talked about this game very regularly. <laughs> Just kidding. They've played. This will be the third time they've played in a little over a week. You know, it's really crazy. I mentioned this on the process show and I saw it earlier. Cleveland is going to play Milwaukee for the third time. And they are going to be facing three separate coaches in Adrian Griffin, Joe Prunty. And now I assume Doc Rivers is active for today, but I haven't officially seen that yet. But considering he's the coach, that's my guess. The Cleveland side of this one has 36% ownership coming into Isaac Okoro. Just in case you're curious where the value is on today's slate, it's here, and uh, I don't love it. 30% ownership coming into Karis LeVert, and around 15 for Dean Wade and Donovan Mitchell. Let's just start with Isaac Okoro. That, no, that will come down as we create a little bit of value later today, but negative 19 leverage. Are you trying to get away from Isaac Okoro? Yeah, definitely wouldn't mind getting away from that. Like, this is one... You don't have to get away from it because he's 3,700 and there's seven other spots in your lineup that don't have to be negatively leveraged. But 
Also, really, really hard for me to see Okoro putting up a score that's like needed to win in tournaments, even though I recognize he's too cheap. Under 4K, he's too cheap. I think that there are ras- reasonable and rational cases to be made for just playing him because of his price tag and also getting away from him just because it's Isaac Okoro as the highest owned player on the slate. That should never happen. I have him in half of my stuff right now. I think it's just a function of making lineups work. I don't expect that to yeah. continue throughout the day. Like I get it. He's a, you know, 3700 is a price tag that is meaningful, but they're playing Sam Merrill a little bit more now and I'm nervous about the full upside. Like we have him in for 28 minutes. I only went to 25. I'm apprehensive about the minutes upside for Isaac Okoro at this point. 24 minutes last time out, 20 the game before that. He did have one big jump to 33. That was with no Levert. Previous to that, 26, 25, Struce got hurt. He played 30, but 27, 21, 19. If, if everybody's in, he's not playing that big of minutes. And that's where, like, at, at 25, you don't feel as happy. You need him to play all the minutes, especially a guy like him. Like, you, you just do. need him. What do you want to do with Levert, Wade, Mitchell? I assume Mitchell would be the priority for you. Mitchell would definitely be the priority, but... He's 9,500. So again, it comes down to whether Kyrie plays. Um, He's in a, he's priced fairly. He's certainly got upside at this price, but there are options a little more expensive that that I like slightly more than him. And there are options cheaper, specifically Fred Van Vliet, who I think look better on paper. Levert also pulling a ton of ownership. I hate when these like secondary guys are getting so much love. It's just a price thing. I'd rather play Levert than Okoro, of course, but yeah, I think they're both solid, just filler plays, and you have to look at what else it does to your lineup rather than them themselves. Right now, I'm kind of just filling in with these guys. I've got like 15% of Levert, of Wade, of Mitchell, so like I'm all in the same area for these guys. The guy that I just want to get off of here is Isaac Okoro. He's absolutely terrifying me in this spot. And, and negative 19 leverage is, that's a big number. <laughs> I wonder what happens to that during the day. The moment we get one other piece of news of like somebody in that low 4K, high threes range, you you take a giant bite out of it. I figure it comes down to, you know, like high 20s by the end of See, it all. I, I get the case for playing him, but I probably lean towards on this more towards the side of like getting away from him just because I see a guy like Cody Martin. And I know early you said you weren't getting to him and I'm yeah. not getting to him as of this morning either. But as a pivot off of a Coro, I'm totally fine with him. Yeah, let me look at the range down here and see if I have anybody that's like really in his universe. Um, the price point is really appealing. That that is right. that's really the issue here. But you know, like I'm like three xing Maxi at thirty three hundred. I don't see these guys as all that different, other than better positionality for Isaac Okoro. You know, you could look at like. I mean, even on his own team, like is George Niang all that different? He's thirty nine hundred. No, They're both shitty per minute dudes. See, this is one where it's like, if Thaddeus Young had power forward eligibility, I'd much rather play him than a Coro. Absolutely, but he doesn't. So the opportunity cost of playing that, like, it's just it's a classic DFS mindfuck. By the way, Isaac Okoro, 0.69 DraftKings points per minute over the past 30 days. He's so bad. 
The Milwaukee side, uh, Giannis is probable. He's 10% owned, 11K, power forward center. 13% ownership to Chris Middleton at 6,300. I will be going right back there. 5% ownership coming into a 6K Brook Lopez. I'm getting him a little bit as a sort of GPP contrarian play. How are you liking Giannis today here against Cleveland again? He has been playing very well as of late. 1.8 fantasy points per minute. Over the past 30 days, he's a little underowned. Do you prefer Giannis or Luca? I think I prefer Luca, and it's not even a question if Kyrie is out. So I like the ownership on Giannis a lot more. I mean, he's getting a quarter of Luca's ownership, which is always intriguing. He's also half as likely to be optimal. So I think that kind of tells you all you need to know. Does not look like a slate right now where you can play both of them. I lean Luca right now, which is weird to me because I I like Giannis projects better, but I, I think just guard positionality is easier to get to than power forward center for Giannis. But I I don't even know what would have to happen for me to like get to more Giannis. Look, I have fourteen percent; he's ten percent owned, so I guess I'm happy with that. But I thought that I was going to be taking a bit of a Giannis stand, and looks more you have him, like I'm, you have him projecting for more fantasy points than Luca tonight. I have Giannis at 62.2. I have Luka Doncic at 62.3. And I have Luka playing one more minute than Giannis. Our tools are way, our stochastics tools are way higher on Luka than you. I wonder if that's a function of Kyrie. Right, because it's just too big of a gap. Like stochastic has it projected for 68 fantasy points. I don't think that's we also so we have uh we also have him at a, an extra minute and a half okay. over me. So that's making I mean that right there we're talking about an extra two and a half fantasy points. That would take me up to like sixty-five. So then I would be we would be in a very similar range. I could just be sure. a little bit light on him in the morning too. There's that's not surprising to me at all. But yeah, uh, we have him at thirty-eight and a half minutes. I have thirty-seven. That's making up a, a bigger chunk. I think it sounds to me like maybe you're a tad light and stochastic is a tad high. It's somewhere in the middle. I think so too. But, and like for right now, none of it matters because until we get that Kyrie Irving news, right. like we're going to have some ambiguity in it anyway. What do you want to do with the rest of Milwaukee? Do you, Middleton fan tonight, Lopez fan, Lillard fan, perhaps? I like the falling price tags on all of them, really, specifically Lopez and Middleton. Not sure how actionable it is for me to play them. You know, someone who doesn't play a ton of lineups. They look good as GPP differentiators, but they don't look like building blocks for me, um, at least as of right now. Middleton is a guy that I just want to continue to get to. Um, You know, I got him in for 31 minutes. I stand by the fact that he should be projected for more than 31 minutes. He's he played 32 again. We had this conversation two nights ago. He played 32 minutes in that game. Um, I, I am a fan of his, obviously. Shooting guard, small forward, 6,300, playing well. 1.18 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days. He's just underrepresented here. It, it didn't help. You know, like Giannis went crazy. So Middleton didn't have as many uh, offensive opportunities two nights ago in comparison to and like what I expect tonight. If he gets hot early, it's going to be a big day for Chris Middleton. They're just going to feed him the ball, and I'm in for that. And we have no idea what they're going to look like if they try to do anything different under Doc. Bro, and he's even cheap. Like, 
he's the same play he was two days ago, but now he's even cheaper. So I like him even a little bit more. I'm with that. Anything else for Milwaukee? Not really, no. You ready to close this out? Seven games, final game. They dropped the 8 o'clock game, or they they dropped the eighth game of the slate, which I believe starts at like 9.30. So we're done by 8 p.m. tonight for this seven-gamer. Oklahoma City and New Orleans. This is the number two team in net rating in the Thunder, number eight for the Pelicans. These teams are top 10 in offense and defense and pace. They're all, they're both young. This is like a sneaky, really fun matchup. And like like, New Orleans gets slept on too much. They they do because they're just like, they're not set up correctly. Like they're just agreed mismatched parts. Like you've got that CJ piece being like not on the same sort of timeline. They've got Joe Valen at center, which like everybody knows isn't what they need, but they don't, they haven't corrected the problem yet. It's just a real, but they're thriving, you know, plus 4.4 on the season, eighth highest net rating on the, on the year. They're, they're certainly an interesting team. They have assets that they can make some changes. I just want to watch this game. Thunder Pels is fun. They don't have the when I say structure, I'll explain what I mean. Like OKC does. Like Ingram is really good, but yeah. he's not a number one like Shea is. No, he's just well, not. They're missing Zion being right. what we saw. Exactly, because then all of a sudden he's better than Ingram, and he's the number one offensive option. Um, yeah, if he gets back to like that, you know, one of the best offensive players in basketball type of Zion, this team yeah. could be really good. Yeah, if he gets back to 65% true shooting, 29% right. usage, like no one can stop him offensive guy. He's shooting 40% from three this year. I assume that's on like a comically low amount of attempts. Oh, yeah. I was actually uh, just basic, reading basically also, zero. It's basically his, zero attempts. <laughs> his defense has been better this year. Again, not really. I wouldn't be the person to ask why, but I was just reading a little bit about that. He needed It needed to be. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, that said, not that appealing of a DFS matchup. Single-digit ownership across the board. Shea just barely creeps over 10% optimal rate. I'll certainly take Shea. I'll certainly take Chet. But I don't really see anything from Oklahoma City that I'm going to be prioritizing. Did you watch Chet versus Wemby like the fourth quarter? It was so awesome. I love those you dudes. Just don't, you don't even see that in the NBA anymore these days. Like back and forth, physical talking shit like that was awesome um yeah, it's i love that I, I want them i want them both to just stay healthy for as long as possible i, I just want to see it happen chat chat's just so fun to watch also i mean they both are obviously but uh yeah as far as tonight goes should be a really good game from a real life perspective from a dfs perspective i think new orleans is still a little bit underpriced but it's not a good spot and they're healthy. So I'm fine with any Zion I get, Ingram I get. These are like the discounted version of the Clippers almost to me. The interesting part of the Pelicans lies in their previous game. And that's where it starts to get a little dicey. I'm pulling it up right now. So they beat the shit out of Utah by 30. However, the big piece of information there. They didn't start Joval in the second half. They went to Larry Nance. Now, 
we could see them move that around. S&P dropped some quotes in my process show that like they're going to try to play it a little bit more matchup-y. Maybe that just still equals them playing you know, 24 apiece. But $3,900 center only Larry Nance is pulling 14% ownership at this moment. If for some reason they kind of make that move and flop him into the starting lineup, I think Larry Nance starts to become a pretty interesting value option. Yeah, I love playing Nance at low ownership. Now, this is a different situation. He won't be crazy low owned, but if he's starting, I mean, I like him more than Thad Young, that's for sure. 3,900 yep. starting. Then I think he's becomes one of the best value plays on the slate. The ownership is there kind of already, which I hate. Yeah. But again, it's, this is the, also the type of slate, like, let's say you play Larry Nance, you know, he's really popular, and a bunch of other guys who are popular, but you don't play a Coro. There's a lot of leverage just in not playing a guy like a Coro. So there's so there really many is. ways to differentiate. Optimal rates for these Pelicans guys. 10.1 to Zion. 10.1 to Brandon Ingram. 10.1 to CJ McCollum. Good luck sorting through that one if you're trying to pick one of those three dudes. Seriously. And they're all a little, well, they're all definitely too cheap for their upside, but they're yeah. priced fairly for their immediate outcome. If Nance starts, it becomes really interesting what happens to, now Sengun will still be really popular, but not, if you've got, you know, between Nance and Plumlee, two really good value centers. I don't expect it to start, Same. but even but even still, we're still getting 14% ownership with him coming off the bench. Like, it's relevant already, which is kind of I don't like him more. It's almost like you're, like, who are we talking about earlier? Um, Okanwu. Like, yeah. when you said you almost liked him more if Capella's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of feel the same way about Nance. Yeah, because if he starts and you start giving him 24 or 25 minutes, then, like, he's going to be 40 or 50% owned, and <laughs> everybody's already going to be on that spot. Right. The guy I have the most of in uh, for the Pels is actually Herb Jones at 18%, you know, small forward, power forward, 4,600. Probably a way to get away from that, like, Isaac Okoro ownership exactly. or whoever else is pulling it at those sorts of positions. I just want to watch looks- this game. I don't care as much about it from a DFS perspective. Same. Herb Jones, Cody Martin, same to me. Yeah, like... If you get Ingram, if you get McCollum, if you get Zion, they're all like totally fine dudes to roster, but totally uninteresting for the slate. One thing I will say that I guess makes me a little more intrigued with New Orleans than maybe normally. I know Eric has talked about this a lot. They have played in no competitive games in the past like month. I mean, their past 10 games are like all crazy blowouts one way or the other. So it could happen tonight, but... Wouldn't expect it to happen here. You know, two good teams, they're at home. Aren't they at those, home? The, the, those main three guys have some minutes upside in a competitive matchup. And yeah, that's this is in New Orleans. Yeah, so yeah, 100% agree with that. I got nothing else here. Any final thoughts on this slate before we get out of here? No, that's all I got too. All right. You got an article or anything today? I do. Doing my contrarian article. It will be out probably around 2 Eastern. There you go, everybody. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you sign up at Sleeper. Don't forget, NFL Strategy Show, 1 p.m., different time today. But NFL Strategy Show at 1, NBA Deeper Dive, and NBA Live Before Lock at 5 and 6. Good luck, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We'll talk to you later.